So today we are in week two of our series entitled Jesus in Genesis. And um, the title of our message today is Jesus, our high priest. And so we're going to continue to look through the book of Genesis to discover Jesus on display. Not that we'll find the name specifically Jesus in the New Testament, or pardon me, in the Old Testament or in the book of Genesis, but we will certainly see that Scripture points to our Savior and his mighty gospel. But before we dig in, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before your mighty throne, Lord, and you are indeed worthy, worthy of all honor and praise. And Lord, I know that here today there are many people that I'm sure are in many different um, areas and situations and, and things going on in their lives. And Lord, so we just pray, Jesus, that you would meet us right where we are today through the preaching of your word. Lord, we, we pray that you give us a fresh perspective of your holy character. Lord, that you would draw us closer to yourself. And Lord, that we would be bold witnesses of your amazing grace, speaking the truth in love to those you lead us to by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to love each other and, and love you more and more every day as we reflect your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow, it's wonderful to see so many faces in here this morning on this beautiful Sunday morning. And um, I got a question for you. How many people enjoy a good mystery? Now, my wife and I, we like, we like watching movies together and we like, we like the good whodunit or mystery thriller type, type movie. The only problem is she'd rather not watch them with me most of the time because I'm the guy that from the opening credits, I'm trying to figure it out. Is anybody else like that? Right? I'm trying to figure it out I'm, 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 and I'm running off at my mouth. I'm, I'm uh, honey, 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 what? Honey, I, I think that's the guy that, I, I think he's the guy that did it. Is anyone else like that? Well, today, today uh, we will be just looking into the book of Genesis for uh, a mystery uh, that really is not much, as much about mystery, but a mysterious character that shows up in chapter 14 of Genesis. But before we get into chapter 14, we're going we're gonna to start by uh, jumping into a little context here. So this starts with Abram, who would become Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, early on in the chapter, verse 1 through 4, God essentially says to Abram, he says, hey, look, I want you to leave your native land. I want you to leave your father's house, and I want you to go to the country that I will show you. And then in verse 4, it simply says this. Oh, hold on. I got to back up because God also said some important things there. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a blessing to others. And in fact, Abram, I'm, all the people of the world are going to be blessed through you. And then in, in verse 4, it simply says this. So Abram went as the Lord told him. And here's the important part. Abram steps out in faith entirely based on taking God, this promise-making God, at his word. That's it. Okay, now we're going to fast forward to chapter 14, 18 through 20, where our mysterious character named Melchizedek um, comes on the scene. 
Okay, here we go. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem and priest of God most high, brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods that he had recovered. Okay, so this Melchizedek figure, which is an interesting name, right? He's on the scene here, physically on the scene in all of Scripture for only three verses, all right? But um, they have some, signif- some significance that they're packed with. And this would be like the point early on in the movie when the writer introduces an obscure, uh, seemingly unnecessarily character, and you're like, aha, uh, you can't fool this guy. I bet you this guy, had, this character has something to do with a main the main plot of this movie. Um, but wait, maybe, maybe this is just a diversion. And the problem is I say this all out loud while you're trying to watch the movie. Okay, but, but just from a plain reading of this text, we can see that there's something special about Melchizedek. All right, we see again that he is a priest king with the name Melchizedek. Melchizedek, what does it mean? It means king of righteousness. And he's the king of Salem, and Salem means peace. So he's literally the king of righteousness and the king of of peace. This is his title. Hmm, King of Righteousness, King of Peace. Sounds familiar, maybe. Okay, if not, we got some more clues coming up here. All right, he's also um, a, a priest of God Most High. All right, this is the creator of heaven and earth. So that might bring you to Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All right, this is the priest of God Most High. He's the creator God, the one true God. And then you see that, that Melchizedek blesses Abram with essentially a blessing that confirmed the blessing you got from God back in chapter 12. And this, this is uh, telling because it kind of shows that Abram has a position of power, pardon me, Melchizedek has a position of power over Abram because blessings typically flow, what, downhill, right? The one, the one giving out the blessings, handing out the blessings are typically in a position of power or uh, importance over those that are being blessed. And even more, we see Abram submit to Melchizedek by paying him a tithe. So as it turns out, Melchizedek's obscure entrance into our story here in Genesis is is not a diversion at all. In fact, it is very purposeful foreshadowing, which brings us to our first point. Melchizedek was a mysterious priest of God who foreshadowed a better priest to come. And maybe you're thinking, well, that's great, but what does this have to do with Jesus? Let's get to Jesus. Okay, well, We'll do that next year. About a thousand years later, okay, Melchizedek is referenced again in the book of Psalms, in a prophetic psalm. And let's see if we can pick up a clue from that psalm. Psalm 110, verse 4 through 5. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The Lord stands at your right hand to protect you. He will strike down many kings when his anger erupts. Okay, so Psalm 10, this prophetic psalm, is looking forward toward a a better priest, a forever priest in the order of Melchizedek. Um, This this priest has relationship with God, and God fights his battles for him. But wait, there's more. Let's take a look another thousand years forward to the book of Hebrews. This is after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. God qualified him as a perfect high priest 
And he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God designated him high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so there it is. There's the big reveal. The writer of Hebrews is telling us that God designated a perfect high priest in the order of Melchizedek, who's the source of our eternal salvation. Okay, spoiler alert, it's Jesus. If you didn't, if you didn't figure it out by now, this is Jesus. Okay, so true to our series title, Scripture points to Jesus from Genesis to, to the Psalms through to the New Testament in Hebrews. The entire Bible drips with Jesus. So this brings me to um, an interesting point. As I prepared for this message, I thought, you know, I didn't need to be, and you don't need to be, a, a, a expert Bible uh, interpreter or a theologian to have figured this out, right? All we needed to do was to keep turning the pages of Scripture. Another, another line, another verse, another chapter, and we would have gotten there on our own, right? And this, so I'm going to go on a little bit of a, a gopher trail here. This brings me, this brought me back to when I first came to know the Lord. So I had heard the gospel, I mean really, really heard it for the first time, and it blew me away, and I thought, oh my goodness, I, I can't believe that God has done this for me because I thought I had to earn my way to God. I thought I had to work my way to God. I, I thought I had to become religious or holy or something before I could even think about reading the Bible, okay? But I heard a different message, a message of grace, a message that said, no, you don't come to God based on your goodness, your holiness. You come to him based on his goodness and his promise and who he is. And I thought, I need to find this message in Scripture. If this is true, I'm going to find it in the Bible. So by God's grace, I grabbed a Bible that was still wrapped in cellophane that had been given to me by my dad, who I was, had been angry at. For That's a whole other side story. We won't go there right now. But I unwrapped this Bible, and I began to tear through it from Genesis to Revelations. And to be honest with you, there were many times where I thought, what am I reading? This doesn't quite make sense. And it was hard. And I didn't, I didn't understand. But by God's grace, he met me right in his word. He met me there and he began to reveal to me this amazing gospel, his amazing grace. And, and, and I began to have this real relationship with God. And why do I say this? Because I know that many of us in here you come on a Sunday, and this is good. That's good that you're here. It's good, like I, like I like to say, to come and worship the Lord and be instructed by his word. But it's a whole other level when you decide to, to make meeting God and his word a priority, not just on Sundays, but on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. God wants to meet you in his word, and he wants to enter into a real relationship with you and reveal his truth to you more and more and more as you enter into his word. So I would just tell you, if you, I know we had a reading plan not too long ago, and I think there was about 80 people that signed up, and there was about four people that finished it. Because I could see, I could see. It's okay, I'm not here to judge anyone about that. What I'm trying to tell you is, I know it's hard, but keep turning the page. Read, read another line, another chapter, another verse, and wait for the God of all creation to meet you in his word. All right. So, back to our regularly scheduled program here, okay? 
You may be asking yourself, what, okay, so what's the deal with, with this whole better priest thing, this perfect priest? Pastor John, we didn't, we didn't even know there was a contest for best priest going on, and if, if there was, well, certainly it would go to Jesus. Okay, well, that, that brings us to our, our next point. Melchizedek represented a higher priesthood than Aaron, and this comes as a shock to those who think the way to God is through the law. All right, so generations after Abraham and his encounter with Melchizedek came Moses and his brother Aaron. Now, God established the law and the Levitical priesthood, the law through Moses and the Levitical priesthood through Aaron. So now there's, there's two lines of, of priesthood going on here, okay? There's, there's the Levitical priesthood through Aaron, and then there's the priesthood in the order of Melchizedek. Now, under this Levitical priesthood, in God's mercy and justice, God allowed for the shedding of innocent animal blood to pay the price for our sin, to pay our, the wages that we earn from sin. Romans 3.23, the wages of sin is death. So, so this was the job of the Levitical priest. The people of Israel would, would sin. They would break God's law. They would shed innocent animal blood. They would sin. They would shed innocent animal blood. They would sin. They would shed, and you get the idea. They sinned a lot. We, we sin a lot, right? Which actually brings me to a, a little, another side story here I want to share with you guys. So my wife, Valerie, um, she was out yesterday, and she had to go get some gas. And, and I tell her, if you're going to get gas, you better go to Sam's because in, in my household, it's a mortal sin to spend 20 more cents a gallon on gas. So I make her go to Sam's. <laughs> All right, so she's there. And there's this, there's this funny character there who, who keeps trying to kind of engage her. She's not quite, quite sure. And, he, and she's, he's standing behind the car, and he's saying, hey, he goes, uh, what, what's that say? And she's not kind of paying attention, you know. Uh, she's there with the girls, and she keeps filling up the gas. And he says, hey, what, what's that say? Uh, she, she says, uh, sir, can I help you? He, what, what's that say? Well, what do you mean? Your license plate there, what's that say? Uh, um, Illinois? Oh, so you're from Illinois. She says, yeah, we're, we're from Illinois. He says, ha, ah, there's a lot of murderers there. All right, so yes, my wife and I and our family, we are from Illinois, but we're not killers, all right? We're not killers. Anyway, so there was a lot of, of sin going on, and this was a process that the Levitical priests had to engage in over and over and over again, and there was never any finality to it, okay? Because the blood of animals could never completely um, reconcile man and God. Not in a permanent way. So therefore, these priests had to work. Uh, and their work was never finished. And it was uh, transactional. It was transactional and, and it was uh, temporary. And besides, these priests were sinners themselves. They had, the, they had to present sacrifices for their own sins, let alone the sins of the, of the people. Okay, and, and so they didn't have uh, this, this access to God like, like our better priest has. And ultimately, these priests would die. So let's, I want you to pay attention here to this next scripture. This next scripture is going to give uh, some clarity. It's going to distinguish between the, the old system, the old Aaronic priesthood system, and our perfect forever priest that came in the order of Melchizedek. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifice again and again, which can never take away 
sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. So friends, this is the most merciful, the most gracious, the most loving, the most just, the most holy, the most powerful plot twist the world has ever known. Jesus is not only our perfect high priest in the order of Melchizedek, he is also our perfect sinless sacrifice. He is the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Unlike the Aaronic priest whose work was never done, Jesus sits down because his work is finished, like he declared from the cross. It is finished. And unlike the Aaronic priest who offered temporary and transactional uh, pathway to God, our perfect high priest offers a path to God that is relational and that is permanent. Which brings me to our final point. God's plan to reconcile us to himself has always been based on a promise, not the law. Okay, so I I want you to think with me for a second. Back to um, the the start of this message. Abram, chapter 12, he he steps out to believe believe God, essentially. God, God promises him that he's going to bless him and make him a blessing. And Abraham simply says, okay, I'll do it. So completely by faith. And then later, Abram, uh, this, this promise from God to Abram is confirmed by Melchizedek, uh, the, the higher priesthood from Aaron, than Aaron. Um, and again, Abram does this completely by faith. He believes God's promise. And more than that, he believes the promise maker. So this is amazing because long before Moses and Aaron and the, the law and the Levitical priesthood system of, of sacrifice... God had a plan in place to save all people, to rescue all people who would come to him, turn from their sin, and believe in the promised Savior. Jesus Christ, from the order of Melchizedek, the one and only perfect high priest of the promise. Now this next verse I'm going to read to you, I don't have a slide for, but it's, it's one of my favorite verses and I added it on uh, this morning actually. Well, I was looking at the message here. It's from Hebrews, again, chapter 11, verse 6, which I would encourage you to read the entire book of Hebrews. It's an amazing, amazing read. But Here's what it says. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. So friends, if you're trying to approach God by the old method, the old system, if you're trying to be religious, religious enough, if you, if, you, if you come to church every day of the week and twice on Sunday, if you, if you never miss a service event, but you're not coming to God by faith, this scripture clearly declares it is impossible to please him. And then you also must believe that he wants to bless you and make you a blessing. So folks, God says the same thing to you and to me, to all of us. He says, follow me. Just like Abram, I want to make, I want to bless you. I want to make you a blessing. Leave your sin and all your efforts to earn forgiveness behind and take me at my word. I am the great promise keeper. 
I am your perfect high priest and sacrifice for your sins. Walk with me in relationship. You can trust me. I promise. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And some may think, well, well what about the law? Aren't we supposed to be good Christians and do good things and, and obey the law? Well, of course. But God says this. He says, I will transform you from the inside out. Trust me. Believe the promise. Believe in my son. And I will transform you to my higher law, to love God, to love me, and to love others. I want to end with this encouraging verse again in Hebrews. Uh, a few verses here. Chapter 10, 21 through 23. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. I don't know where you're at today. If you have a relationship with God by faith or, or if you don't. But I can tell you this, that all of us deal with a sin problem. And the payment for that sin is death and separation for, from God forever. But Jesus came. He lived a perfect life on our behalf. He went to the cross to pay the penalty we deserve. And he rose from the dead to prove that he, can, that he could do it. He is the high priest forever and he he sits at God's right hand, interceding for you and for me as we speak. So if, if you're someone here today who feels as if God has been calling you to himself, calling you to trust him, we, we want to help you. We want to help you pursue God. We would love to hear your story. We would love to pray with you. Please connect with myself or, or Pastor Jared after service. But I also tell you this, will tell you this. You don't need us. It's, the old system is gone. There's not a go-between as the, as the Israelites had with the Levitical priesthood and, and God. You can go straight to Jesus. Just like I did now, boy, I think 30-some years ago. On my knees and of all places, a hotel room in Los Vegas, Nevada, at the Circus Circus. I don't even know if it still exists. I got on my knees and I cried out, Dear Lord, if you are real, I want to know you. I want to have a relationship with you. And from that point on, my life was forever changed. And he wants to do the same for you. We are going to celebrate communion together. And here at Alpine Church, if you are someone who is a sinner and knows you need a Savior, and you have indeed trusted Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins, then we want to invite you to celebrate communion with us. Regardless of your background, regardless of the, the faith tradition you came up in, if you have trusted in Jesus alone, then we ask that you would join us in communion. Now, if you're not there yet, if you're not ready, that's okay. Stay right where you're at. I would encourage you to pray, and I believe that God will meet you right where, right where you're at. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. 
And he said, this is my body given for you. Then in the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we get to have a relationship with you, Lord, not based on what we do, but based on what you've done and who you are, Lord, based on your promise, your goodness, your love. And Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to live a perfect life for us. And Jesus, we are so grateful to you that you went to the cross, laid down your life to pay the sin debt we deserve and to give us new life, to give your life indeed to us. And Holy Spirit, we come to you today in a, in a place of, of surrender and we ask that you would live your life through us. We'll be sure to give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.